This is why we have the best times in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 188th episode of Talk Direction. We are recording sooner than we expected because this week has been a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, The uh, Harry Styles Rolling Stone profile dropped kind of out of the blue because we were told the release date was going to be the 3rd of September and it came out early. So, yeah, we're like, all right, well, we got to record because we got to get this episode out. (laughs) Um, Plus, we obviously wanted to talk about it because there's a lot of fun things to talk about. So that's what's going to be the entirety of this episode. (laughs) Lucia, before we started recording, was like, so are we going to make this two episodes? Um, (laughs) Because based on our uh, track record, we talk about Harry Styles magazine covers for like three hours. So well, we'll see this one is so long too. There's so much there. I feel I like I want to talk about like every single paragraph. <laughs> I know. There's just so much. Um, I've highlighted like the deemed important things by me, mm-hmm. um, but we will see what happens. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, get ready for that. It's exciting. Um, before we get to that, though, I wanted to mention our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash talk direction. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And over there, we just have a ton of bonus content. And as soon as you sign up, you get access to all of it, like years of us talking about One Direction um, and doing videos and random crazy things we do over there. Uh, namely, Talk Direction Down Low or TDDL, which is sort of just an extra half hour of podcast that we do after we record every episode we stick around and record another half hour for our patrons over on patreon.com slash talk direction last week we talked about um a fanfic we do a fanfic book club around once a month and we're reading one of my favorites uh ever so if you like fanfic and you've always wanted to be a part of a book club for it go check it out patreon.com slash talk direction um, not sure what the episode's going to be today. It's a mystery at this point, um, but we will see. Surely there will be one at some point. Um, and before we talk about Harry for this entire episode, I just wanted to mention that Louie uh, has a new song registered on ASCAP called Kill My Mind. And he tweeted KMM. Uh, and it was Kill My Mind was trending for like hours on Twitter yeah and it was so exciting and the cover art dropped as well too i think it's like a leaked version so it's not like louis didn't post it or anything but it's like the single cover um and yeah well what happened was that louis had tweeted um kmm and people um a bunch of fans uh found the like smart url which is where they link to like it's like one link you can click on that will take you to like Spotify and Apple Music and like all the platforms for like a song. And it was the same format as like Two of Us was. Mm. Um, so they just like replaced Two of Us with Kill My Mind and like found it. And then like that's how we found the, that cover art. <laughs> wow. Because I guess really like the sneaky. team. 
Yeah, because I guess the team had, like, set it up to be, like, ready to go. Yeah. Um, but they were obviously unprepared for the Louis <laughs> fandom. <laughs> Seriously. We're all detectives over here. Uh, but it is so exciting. And he's also been tweeting to fans a bunch. And he mm-hmm. let us know that the single will be coming out before his Coca-Cola festival uh, performance in Madrid, which is the 14th is of September, right? Mm-hmm. So that's coming out in the next couple weeks, the single. And at that festival, he also said he's going to be performing four to five new songs. So it's very exciting. Um, yeah. I'm kind of like shocked we're getting four to five new songs plus a new I single. Know. And this is the one I believe he said was like loud and upbeat and fun. So I'm really in excited your face, about right? That. Yeah. In your face. Yeah. That was the quote. Um so and kill my mind what a cool name i'm really excited Mm -hmm. what about you lucia yeah i'm super excited um kill my mind of course makes me think of kill this love which is that black pink song it's very good um but yeah i'm really excited to hear it um and i'm also excited because it sounds like the festival is going to be recorded for like a tv spot Uh, so i think that we're going to get good quality recordings of the three or four songs that we won't have before the festival because it sounds like he's gonna release kill my mind before he plays the festival but he's gonna do three or four additional new songs that he won't have released yet but we'll actually hopefully have good quality copies of those which is very exciting because that means we can like talk about them on the podcast without suffering through bad audio recordings or like oh trying to decide God, like are we gonna so wait true. for the good quality are we just gonna talk about them anyways like I don't yeah know. and literally we recorded just the other day and we're like are we gonna have to listen to fan versions mm-hmm. and now we have the answer hopefully fingers crossed um this is so exciting yeah that he's playing this many songs and that we're hopefully getting good recordings and we're actually getting a studio version of kill my mind so i know there's just so wait. much happening with louie so what are our options for getting it then? It's like it has to be in the next two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's um, releasing. It's the week before September. Sec, like first right now. It's, what is it? It's the twenty eighth of August. Mm-hmm. So there's like this weekend, next weekend, and then I guess he could drop it like the day before the festival. Yeah. It could be yeah thirtieth, sixth, or thirteenth, or sometimes they just put them out on a random day. Yeah. But regardless, it's going to be in the next three weeks. That is yeah. so exciting. Thank God. <laughs> Woo. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that song plus the other ones. I don't know how we're going to do those ones because they won't be studio versions, whatever live versions he has. But we're for sure going to be talking about them here. So get excited about that. Yeah. All right, moving on to Harry news. This is a very Harry episode. Um, mm-hmm. One Direction and Harry Styles podcast really... um what's the word it fits for this episode that's not the word but you know um so firstly harry has been on instagram today uh and he posted this instagram story and then pretty soon deleted it i wasn't there for the uh all of this happening uh in real time but i wasn't either yeah i caught it afterwards like usually when i get in the car after work because i work right now from eight to four so like anything interesting happens in that time um so i'll get in my car and be like okay what happened uh so i missed all this but he definitely meant to post this like privately 
uh, I know now on Instagram you can like send things to like close friends. Um, also, I know he has a way that he can comment on people's photos without other like without the public seeing. Uh, I know they have just like perks for celebrities as well or like people with yeah. the blue check mark. So it's him in a shirt. <laughs> it's like a selfie he's taken. I'm assuming it's him that says mm-hmm. uh, it's like a picture of it almost kind of looks like the Bernstein Bears. You think? I don't think I don't know if it's supposed to be them, but it definitely looks like them. Yeah. And actually, it's like the yeah, ki- the, the text is kind of the same, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, the kids are saying, why? And the mom is there saying, because I'm the mom. That's why. So <laughs> I just really wish we could get like these cute shirt selfie pics from Harry, too, because I saw this post about it. And it was like, this really humanizes him rather than make it feel like he's so far out of our reach and so like alien to us. Right. You know? And I was like, I agree. So sad he doesn't feel the need to post these for me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At least his inner circle's getting cute selfie shirt pics. From yeah. Harry. I wonder if he um I wonder if he has a second account and like accidentally was logged into this account when he posted this, yeah. or if he like uses the same account and just like, you know, posts to different groupings. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I wish we knew. I'm sure he has like fake accounts or like not fake accounts, but backup accounts. Other ones, account. Yeah. It's like yeah. Little Mix. None of them have official Twitters. They just have the Little Mix Twitter. But I'm like, I know they all have Twitters. Like, mm. what are their Twitter handles? They're yeah. anonymous. Right. It does go to show you how much we just don't know about Harry. Yeah. Though. So true. Like that little glimpse into like, oh, like, does he just like regularly post stuff on his like yeah secret Instagram. he must like look at this <laughs> this is like a very i do this all the time type of photo yeah so i wish he just left it up because i wanted to see it in in real real person mm-hmm. um all right that's just the little snippet of what we're talking about for harry today the main discussion is harry styles rolling stone magazine cover and profile So we have been waiting for this moment to happen ever since we saw Harry and Rob Sheffield going to lunch or dinner multiple times because that screams interview. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And that was, I think, in July. And then we also saw Harry go into a studio and like come out with like makeup smudges. And everyone was like, this was the Rolling Stone magazine shoot, which it definitely wasn't because there were no shots of him inside with makeup on anywhere. Um, But this is like a big moment and we thought it was coming the third and now it's here and it's all very exciting so what was your experience of finding out that this dropped and your first impressions of the magazine well um i was um it was monday and i was like planning to go like to the beach for the day um and I found out about it because um, Steph, one of our listeners, texted it. I think it was Steph um, in, like, one of my group chats. Um, and she was like, the article's out now. And I was like, what? And I was like, <laughs> I can't read it. I have to get ready to go. And then, like, I'll read it when I'm there. But I couldn't resist. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, like, started reading it. And then it was so long. Um, so I was kind of, like, reading it really fast. Um, and then I kept 
like trying to put it down and be like, just finish getting ready and go. <laughs> um, but it was really hard. <laughs> and I was like talking with like them in the chat and um, all this time Caitlin was still at work and I was like, oh my God, Caitlin's mm-hmm. at work. She doesn't even know. Um, yeah. But I ended up reading like maybe two thirds of it and then went to the beach and then read the, the ending of it. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, but I, like, my, my immediate reaction was that I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it, like, really refreshing and interesting, and um, I definitely didn't disappoint. Yeah, agree. Except, I will say, that, like, <laughs> the um, the cover thing saying, like, what did it say? Sex, psychedelics, and something else. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, like, the, ver- the version of, um, in, like, This American Life, they'll do this warning at the beginning of their episodes where they'll say in this episode we um acknowledge the existence of sex as like their (laughs) warning like to people Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel like that's what that was (laughs) yeah oh for sure (laughs) they didn't really talk about anything (laughs) no but i still loved it and i thought it was really really good yeah i feel like it was a bit (laughs) tongue-in-cheek yeah um yeah, so for me, I was in work when all this happened, and I saw halfway through the day that this had happened, but I couldn't do anything about it, and I was just freaking out, and I waited until I got home, and I said to my family, like, you have to leave me alone, I'm going to go upstairs and sit <laughs> in my bed and read this, and I just need no one to interrupt me, and that's what I did, and it mm-hmm. took freaking forever to read the damn thing, because it was freaking 10 pages long! Um, like 10, like computer pages. When I put it on this dock, it's 10 computer pages long, like single spaced. Um, I don't know how many pages it is in the magazine, but it is so long. So I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's taking forever to read. Not as a bad thing, but I was just surprised, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, I really loved it. I liked reading Rob Sheffield's like style of writing. There were really Mm -hmm. funny moments and like emotional moments. Um, and it definitely did get me excited for the era. Um, I don't have the physical copy yet. I'm going to have to go buy it. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, is it in stores yet? I've seen some people with physical copies, but I haven't actually checked like the stores around me. Yeah, I haven't looked for it yet. I definitely want to get it, but I feel I don't feel worried about getting it because it's obviously a big magazine. So yeah, I'm just yeah, I'll probably look for it next week or something. I don't yeah. I don't think it's out yet. I think it comes out in stores on on September 3rd. Yeah. I've just seen some people with, like, the actual copies, so I'm not Mm. sure where they're getting it. Or, like, I saw, like, it it was on Canadian shelves, at least. I just don't know. I haven't been to my, like, bookstore, so. Yeah. I think it was so, the, like, what made it so good, too, is the fact that, like, Rob Sheffield did it. Because it wasn't just, like, Mm -hmm. the fact that it was long. It was, like, every, I feel like every bit of it was, like, something I wanted to absorb, like, there yeah. was no fluff in it, which I feel like a yeah. lot of times when you read, like, interviews with, like, musicians or, like, you know, people you like, it's, like, can be frustrating because there's usually some fair amount of fluff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or not just fluff, but, like, the interviewer or, like, the writer adds their own commentary in between. And sometimes it can mm-hmm. be, like, cool, like, that's not new information or, like, stuff right. you don't care about. Where I feel like this article, like every single sentence was something that I found like mm. interesting for one reason or another. Um, yeah. And like Rob Sheffield has really distinct voice like as a writer. Because mm-hmm. um, I listened to his audiobook of um, Love is a Mixtape. And when I was like reading this, 
this article with Harry, I could definitely like hear it being read oh, in his voice. Because so um, he he does the narrate the. He should narration. do audio books for his Rolling Stone covers. <laughs> audio audio <laughs> interviews. Yes. Audio um, magazines. Yeah, and like I feel feel like when there is sort of just that background information that Rob writes, uh, it's like filled with little nuances and really detailed things about music and like flashbacks to like the seventies. So even if you're just hearing about stuff you've already heard about, it's it's still filled with like new information and just like he's such an interesting person, so he adds that all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool too this album i mean this this uh magazine also just made me feel totally out of my depth with the amount of music knowledge that both of these people have like rob Mm -hmm. and harry i'm just like you're way too cool for me how do you know this this (laughs) makes me stressed like you think you're someone who's into music and then they just name endless albums and endless songs that you've never heard and i'm just like wow but it's also music of a very specific like era yeah, like I'm sure if you true. asked Harry to like talk about like 90s rap, he would be like, "I have no idea I anything know, about." But that. I don't know about 90s rap either, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it just makes me go, "Oh damn, I need to listen to things more." Mm-hmm. Although probably I wouldn't select to listen to the collection of people that they, or at least some of the people that they uh, talk about. Not because I don't think they're good, but if I were to pick and choose i probably wouldn't mm-hmm. pick a whole bunch of white men i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> that wouldn't be my my go-to mm-hmm. um but i just there was just so much in here and i want to mm-hmm. listen to all the recommendations yeah i was thinking of making a playlist of like all the songs that are like name dropped in this yeah article. i, I saw like someone did a whole... like a spotify playlist they they oh of course someone's already done that <laughs> yeah um i don't have spotify so oh right it's really frustrating. I was trying to figure out a way to like easily transfer it over. I, I feel like you need to get Spotify. I know, but I have Apple Music, so. Yeah, but Spotify is better. Uh, but everything's on my <laughs> Apple Music, so. I know, it's too it's late to change over now. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyway, we're just pretty much going to read through the parts parts of this and talk about it and we'll see how far we get and maybe we'll need a second episode to do maybe some of the less important stuff uh i don't really know but i hope you guys enjoy listening to this discussion if you haven't read the uh magazine article yet go read it it's online for free you don't need the physical copy um and just realize that you're gonna take like at least 30 minutes to really read this and digest (laughs) Um, so the online version again don't have the physical copy yet but the online version has a beautiful picture at the top of it harry is shirtless standing in front of the ocean with uh this like almost elvis style curl of hair falling over his face i mean he's looking at the camera and on the picture are the words the eternal sunshine of harry styles Um, And then sort of the tagline below is riding shotgun with the former boy band hero as he opens up about sex, psychedelics and becoming a 21st century rock star. Um, And all the photos in this article are by Ryan McKinley, who's worked with Harry before. Um, 
And yeah, I thought we'd just go through the photos first and then get to the interview. Um, so I described the first photo. Uh, the second one we got is him. Again, these are all like outdoors on the beach. Um, very windswept. He's wearing this red jumpsuit with a yellow polka dotted scarf and he's smiling. Um, he looks really pretty. What do you think of this one, Lucia? Um, I love this photo. I love all the photos in this series. Um, I really like the colors of this one, though. The, like, yellow mm. and the, like, um, it's almost like an orangey-red thing he's yeah. wearing. But, yeah, I think they're really pretty. I love how, uh, it doesn't look that edited, you know? Like, you can see all yeah. the details of his skin, and it's not, like, airbrushed. I saw a couple people mentioning that, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I have is Harry sitting somewhere. It looks like like this overgrown, abandoned castle. Um, and he's sitting on these giant uh, bricks. And he looks very cheeky. He's got his hand up to his face like a <laughs> kind of look. <laughs> um, and he's wearing checked pants, Gucci shoes, and a white tank top. And his like blue hat we've seen from him that he wears like the blue newsboy hat Mm. um and it's just a really fun photo this might be my favorite yeah it captures harry's spirit really well yeah it's like a pinup girl pose yeah i love it um such a interesting place they were shooting at too Mm mm-hmm um, then we have the next photo where I feel like this is his Tarzan photo. Yeah. Um, he's in these white embroidered shorts and nothing else. Again, his hair is doing this like big loop thing. It's a hairstyle we haven't really seen from him before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's crouching amongst some rocks, kind of staring at the camera. Um, if only we could be a fly on one of these rocks and really <laughs> see him get into his modeling groove. Uh, I'd love to see what that looks like. I think it's just so hilarious. Yeah. Um, but this one's really cute. What do you think? Yeah, this might be my favorite one, actually. I just love it. <laughs> I know, Say that I'm about every of... single one. <laughs> I know. Well, there's three that are my favorite. This is one of okay. them. Okay. <laughs> three out of, like, the five. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so good. I just feel like it works. It's like just the composition is so perfect. His tattoos, mm-hmm. the ocean behind him, the rocks, like this pose. Yeah. Um, it's really a beautiful photo. I'd love to see what the original photo looks like versus the edited one, because these mm. have definitely been like color corrected. Like yeah. his hat in the one we just talked about, the bright blue, that's bluer than the actual hat, I think. Right. Um, and like the colors really do pop. Um, yeah i was gonna say his lips are such a nice shade but i'm like okay what is color corrected but he does have a really good shade of lip harry does yeah he also Uh, wears lipstick sometimes you're convinced well i don't know about in this photo but there's definitely been other photos where he's Mm. wearing lipstick um i i'm very jealous (laughs) (laughs) um okay next photo he's standing a bunch uh, a whole bunch of like wild flowers by the water and he's wearing a jean jumpsuit long sleeve he's got his blue uh big circular blue glass sunglasses like on his hip and the shirt is unbuttoned to his stomach 
and this is also a gorgeous outfit very 70s mm-hmm. um i love the jean and yeah. then we scroll and we've got this fabulous blue look he's wearing a hat with like feathers he looks very um i don't know woman at a funeral slash wedding from like the (laughs) 1920s or something Mm -hmm. i don't know the era um and everyone after getting this like look and there were some behind the scenes shots we got where you could blurrily see he was wearing this like really uh cute outfit it's a blue suit with blue shorts um and fans were like justice for this outfit give us the full picture (laughs) um because in the magazine it's only just an up close shot of his face Um, like a profile picture which is really beautiful um but we ended up getting the full body shot as well um yeah and it really really adds to it and he's kind of like standing on the edge the ledge of like a wall whatever castle this is looks like he could easily fall into the water Um, yeah yeah what did you think of this look um i love this they actually released this photo specifically to um jezebel the website um there's like a woman who does who's like does writing about harry she's done like a few writings about him and she did a uh write-up of of the rolling stones interview and then they released this photo to to her specifically which i think is very cool for her (laughs) (laughs) yes um so freaking cool but yeah i really love this look um this photo is my third favorite the 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 (laughs) close-up of his face um I just love this hat and I love the blue um, and like the ones where he's, you can see his full body. It's like also so, always so interesting to see like the zoomed out version of like where mm-hmm. a photograph is taken and like how they like climbed out here and like we're standing precariously on this like yeah. wet moss covered rock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's like really, really pretty. Yeah, and like what a cool uh like idea for this like very like feminine hat mm-hmm. also like that. all of these photos add to our like ideas of like having like this ocean theme mm. like the music video we were talking about a couple weeks ago um that he was like filming in mexico and like how it coincides with the pictures from last um album cycle where he's like in the blue velvet suit and like the water yeah like it definitely seems like this in the scotland adds. post photos we got mm-hmm. there's yeah. so much water that's right i didn't even realize i didn't really connect this to that yeah but there's got to be some sort of theme about it, it definitely because this is all like on the coast and like on mm-hmm. the ocean yeah wow that's exciting also, I feel like we can get some insight into what his next fashion era will be like from seeing these, because mm-hmm. this is the start of that era. Um, and comparing this to his last Rolling Stone uh, magazine, which kind of started that era, mm-hmm. um, I see this like upping the game. Like he's got more jumpsuits, uh, more toplessness i guess (laughs) Uh, yeah like jean very 70s jean and then a very Mm -hmm. feminine hat like i'm excited about what this means for tour outfits for sure yeah yeah i feel like the last tour 
the last like album cycle and tour and stuff was very much like suits was kind of the focus Mm -hmm. and even in that rolling stones article like i remember there was like a lot of pictures of him like wearing suits and like these kind of full pieces um Mm -hmm. whereas this one it's obviously like a lot looser Mm. like even like a lot of the fabric he's wearing is like loose this like last picture even though it's like a suit jacket it's like shorts instead of pants Mm -hmm. um and i feel like that kind of adds to like the whole theme of the album musically as well as like we'll get into when we read the article oh Um, yeah you're right because it's like definitely him he talks about being feeling a lot more like loosened up Mm -hmm. um and like freer in this for this album and I feel like the fashion kind of matches that yeah definitely um the only thing I'm sad about with these photos is the fact that I know Ryan McGinley has a million (laughs) outtakes that we will never see yeah it is so sad i hope we get more i hope we get more Mm -hmm. of these like random behind the scenes shots but my god you know there's a million of them and i want them all yeah but these were really beautiful and i'm really excited to see them in the actual magazine yeah so exciting um do you have anything else about the photos before we move on to the uh writing i don't think so all right so as i said before the profile was written by rob sheffield he's an author uh, and harry's friend um yeah and it took place over multiple days and sort of the style of this article was written kind of day by day or moment by moment Mm -hmm. um and like he picked something to talk about uh and for Harry for each of like the sort of settings they were in which I I liked this style it felt like you were sort of oh sorry my mom's coming up the driveway and we have this like beeper thing (laughs) Um, (laughs) um but but uh yeah you sort of felt like you were going along with them and it gave you the idea that they really spent a lot of time together like rob was with harry like in multiple of his cars you know at the Mm -hmm. studio at a concert you know at different restaurants so it seemed like they had a really big chunk of time where they were talking so what do you think of this style uh i really like it um i got a little bit thrown off because um, it seems like they went from L.A. to London at one point. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that part kind of threw me because I didn't necessarily notice it happened. And then they were talking about London. I was like, wait, weren't they in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really liked the kind of like like ride along style of the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it worked really well. I agree. So do you want to read the opening couple of lines from this? Sure. So you can just get a feel for Rob's style of writing. Do you want me to read the highlighted portion? Yes, please. Harry Styles isn't exactly dressed down for lunch. He's got a white floppy hat that Diana Ross might have won from Elton in a poker game at Cher's Mansion, circa 1974, plus Gucci shades, a cashmere sweater, and blue denim bell-bottoms. His nail polish is pink and mint green. He's also carrying his purse, no other word for it, and a yellow patent canvas bag with the logo Chateau Marmont. I thought this was a really nice way to open it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just as I was saying before, the whole th- sort of throwbacks to like Diana Ross and Elton John and Cher, and it's this sort of like creative story he's create like he's like mastered in here to some random yeah like, very specific story, almost like fictional. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is fictional, but like almost like he's writing a fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and like throwing it back to all these other things that are not quite Harry related, but I feel like it adds something to this. Yeah. Um, also, I really loved his description of Harry. Yeah, me too. Um, so if I didn't highlight something that you want to talk about, let me know. Okay, I feel like we're going to miss a bunch of stuff because I haven't highlighted myself, so. Okay. <laughs> if we do, we'll just, like, add it in another episode later. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so, the first thing I have highlighted is sort of the first thing we get about Harry's uh, upcoming album. And there's a lot of stuff in this uh, article about his upcoming album. Um, and one of the most important things was this first thing that he talks about. So the line that is very notable and people have been talking all about it is, uh, how Harry describes his album. Um, I mean, Rob, I'll just read what Rob says as well and lead into, uh, what Harry said. Um, he's putting the finishing touches on his new album full of the toughest, most soulful songs he's written yet. As he explains, quote, it's all about having sex and feeling sad. <laughs> um, and this is a very iconic description, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, I've seen a lot of people just being like, yep, this is me. Or like, <laughs> I'm going to understand this album very well. Uh, yeah. Getting excited about it. Um, and some people are like, isn't that what your last album was about? Which I mm. agree as well. Um, what did you think of this quote? Um, I love it. I was one of those people that said, like, oh, wow, I really love this album. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it makes me really excited for it, especially the, like, line before where he says it's full of the toughest, most soulful songs he's written yet. Mm. Um, Yeah. yeah. I I feel like the the last album, like, there there was definitely, like, a lot of, like, vulnerability on it. Um, Mm. But I think... There was only really two songs that I felt were about feeling sad. Like, I feel like... Which ones? From the Me in the hallway table. and, like, from the dining table. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. There's other ones that, like, definitely have... Could have, like, tinges of sadness, like Sweet Creature and stuff, like... Mm-hmm. But actual songs, like, about sadness, I feel like there was less... Or there was... feels like there was only two. So I feel like this album might have a little bit more um, of that. But, yeah. I like the description of like toughest as well because it feels like he's must have really pushed himself to like write these yeah I agree and like we know that Rob heard part of them making the album like Mm -hmm. they were working on it while he was there so who knows what he's heard you know Mm -hmm. he could be saying this based on having heard a song having heard a couple of songs like Mm -hmm. I have no idea um so that's very exciting uh yeah this is this is just super cool and we're getting like glimpses into what the album will be like will be like and as we go we're gonna see more and more of that yeah um do you want to read the next bit Mm -hmm. um in interviews harry has always tended to coast on that charm simply because he can In his teens, he was in public every minute and became adept at guarding every scrap of his privacy. But these days, he's finding out he has things he wants to say. He's more confident about thinking out loud and seeing what happens. Looser is how he puts it. More open. 
I'm discovering how much better it makes me feel to be open with friends, feeling that vulnerability rather than holding everything in. And I think the next bit goes with it as well. Okay. Like a lot of people his age, he's asking questions about culture, gender identity, new ideas about masculinity and sexuality. Quote, I feel pretty lucky to have a group of friends who are guys who would talk about their emotions and be really open, he says. My friend's dad said to me, you guys are so much better at it than we were. I never had friends I could really talk to. It's good that you guys have each other because you talk about real shh. We just didn't. And then the next bit as well. It's changed how he approaches his songs. For me, it doesn't mean I'll sit down and be like, this is what I have for dinner, and this is where I eat every day, and this is what I do before I go to bed, he says. But I will tell you that I can be really pathetic when I'm jealous. Feeling happier than I've ever been, sadder than I've ever been, feeling sorry for myself, being mad at myself, being petty and pitiful. It feels really different to share that. So this is all kind of going back to that thing you talked about where he said it's looser. Mm -hmm. Um, I... Uh, I didn't quite agree with Rob when he was like, when he was a teenager, he was more tight lipped and now he's looser. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. when he was a teenager, <laughs> he was more open. And then for HS1, he was a lot more tight lipped. I yeah. guess like in terms of his songwriting, maybe he was more honest. I think he was mm-hmm. more honest on HS1 than anything mm-hmm. in One Direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, is this looser translating to like, general interaction with fans or just in his writing i was kind of confused with that because it feels like it should be both but or just like in his personal life he talks about being more open with his feelings and like talking to people which is awesome um but i don't know if it's like still the like the media perception type thing right i don't know what 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 are your thoughts well i have a couple things that came to mind like um the way that he kind of talks about it here it sounds like it's um more about his just general way of being like Mm -hmm. not just about his public persona or his like art but more about like how he is with his friends and his family um because he kind of says like i'm more open with like people now um and because like rob knows him and like has a relationship with him i think there's probably like an element of it that like isn't necessarily about like media perception but more about like his personal life and maybe he's feeling more comfortable being open in that sense now which then would obviously translate to like his art and the media perception all that um and then I also think like there's a way like when he was younger in like the early 1d days like he seemed someone who was like very comfortable with himself and like very like loose and open but a lot of times what he would talk about he would like joke a lot Mm -hmm. and as Rob Sheffield says like coast on his charm (laughs) Mm -hmm. um like he used to like use twitter a lot but he would never tweet real things he would like make jokes and like say silly things and i feel like that is also a way to like keep up barriers is to like be someone who like maybe you you do like talk a lot or share a lot but you're not actually sharing anything like really personal really astute analysis (laughs) thank you (laughs) i appreciated that um yeah i agree i second what you said Mm -hmm. that was just you said it perfectly (laughs) um i this is really cool i really liked when he was specific saying like feeling happier than i've ever been sadder than i've ever been feeling sorry for myself being mad at myself Mm -hmm. being petty and pitiful um those were all so many kind of sad emotions Mm -hmm. but totally different and i'm excited to see how those 
you know, sad, pity, you know, petty, whatever it is, mad, mm-hmm. all kind of pan out on his album and like what right. songs are going to protrude, protrude, no, portray these emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially like the line, um, I will tell you that I can be really pathetic when I'm jealous. I feel mm. like that is like more than we've ever gotten from Harry about himself yeah. ever in the history of us knowing him. Yeah. Like he that never line... says that kind of stuff about himself yeah. directly. Yeah, that's true. Um, that line immediately made me think of woman and just like mm-hmm. kind of him knowing he's being jealous, even though he shouldn't. Yeah. And I'm like, are we getting a woman 2.0 on this album? I'm, I think we'll get, be getting several. <laughs> <laughs> several. Yes. Not in a bad way. Like, I think yeah. we'll be getting a lot more of that theme. Um, yeah. But it was also interesting reading this, how many correlations I found, or not correlations, but how much more insight it brought to the first album. Mm. Yeah. Um, like, as you said, like, reading something like that, you immediately think of women. Like, I had those yeah. feelings a lot. Yeah. And, like, the, like ones where he's feeling like pathetic or whatever as they go from the dining table Mm -hmm. you know like that's definitely and he had talked about that one being a very pathetic feeling yeah Um, yeah i think it does actually getting him this is why i wish he like talked about each of his songs like right mm, i wish um also just i really love him the quote he talked about when he was talking about his friend's dad's like friend's dad and saying like he never shared his emotions and now like harry's group of like man friends share Mm -hmm. their emotions and i thought that was really beautiful yeah um all right anything else about this bit i don't think so all right so the next one uh this is talking about how he sort of felt in one direction Um, While I was in the band, he says, I was constantly scared I might sing a wrong note. I felt so much weight in terms of not getting things wrong. I remember when I signed my record deal and I asked my manager, what happens if I get arrested? Does it mean the contract is null and void? Now I feel like the fans have given me an environment to to be myself and grow up and create this safe safe space to learn and make mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen this quoted around a lot about like the fans giving him that like mm-hmm. room to grow and make mistakes and be himself yeah um, and i thought that was really nice that he views the fandom like that when mm-hmm. um you know there are good and bar- bad parts of fandom but i i like what he said here yeah me too um and the fact that he was so scared in one direction to mess up is right. really funny because he felt like the most confident most like outrageous on stage you know all that type of stuff Mm-hmm. So you don't really get to see what's inside their heads at all. Yeah, it's true. Um, this next little bit isn't important, but I was going to include it anyway <laughs> because it was funny. <laughs> um, so him and Harry and Rob are driving in Harry's silver Jaguar E-Type, uh, 1972, and the radio doesn't work. So they're just singing Old Town Road together. Um, and... Harry says, bull riding in boobies. That is potentially the greatest lyric in any song ever. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then this part continues on. Harry used to be Pop's mystery boy, so diplomatic and tight-lipped. But as he opens up over time, telling his story, he reaches the point where he's pitching possible headlines for this pro- profile. His best, soup, sex, and sun salutations. <laughs> 
so (laughs) i wish that would had been the tagline instead of whatever it was sex psychedelics and whatever the secrets Um, of soup sex sex (laughs) (laughs) that can be the title for his memoir oh it should be let's write it (laughs) soup sex and sun salutations i'm glad that's how harry sees himself and Mm -hmm. would profile himself if he were to have written this it's pretty funny Um, although i was waiting for them to talk about soup and they never did mm -hmm. i'm like assuming they ate soup and had a big discussion about it rob should release that audio because that's quality content there (laughs) (laughs) um or do like a uh fan like fan only version and include all like the really boring stuff they talked about just mm-hmm. like release a release some sort of version for us yeah um, um there's one part down here that you didn't highlight that i just wanted to read because i found sure. it funny um they're driving down the pacific coast highway um in southern california and um this is where it picks up um, California, he yells from behind the wheel as we whip past Zuma Beach. It sucks. There's a surprising number of couples along the beach who seem to be arguing. We speculate on which ones are breaking up and which are merely having the talk. Ah, yes, the talk, Harry says dreamily. Yield chat. <laughs> Just a thought was very, very funny, and I can see him saying yeah. that. And I also thought it was really funny that he said, California, it sucks, and then there was no further explanation or discussion of why he said that. <laughs> it's just so random very random again to drive in harry's car with him oh my god would have been so much fun Uh i'm very jealous of rob um okay moving on down i skipped what i skipped a lot of was all the music recommendations just because Mm -hmm. it was way too much to discuss yeah um but maybe we should talk about that at some point because we should Nina Simone is amazing, and mm-hmm. I would love to discuss her version of Rich Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, moving on to the psychedelics portion of the uh, interview. Do you want to read that paragraph, Lucia? Sure. And the following one as well, because that's also related. Okay. Um, this is a quote. Uh, oh, here it starts. Um, we do mushrooms, lie down on the grass, and listen to Paul McCartney's Ram in the Sunshine, he says. We just turned speakers into the yard. The chocolate edibles were kept in the studio fridge, right next to the blender. You'd hear the blender going and think, so we're all having frozen margaritas at 10 a.m. this morning. He points to a corner. This is where I was standing when we were doing mushrooms, and I bit off the tip of my tongue. So I was trying to sing with all this blood gushing out of my mouth. So many fond memories, this place. We were here for six weeks in Malibu. Oh, this is later on. He's talking about um, when they were working with when he was working with One Direction. We were here for six weeks in Malibu without going into the city, he says. People would bring their dogs and kids. We'd take a break to play cornhole tournaments. Family values. But it's also the place where he has proudly bled for his art. Mushrooms and Blood. Now there's an album title. (laughs) Also, I messed that up because I was trying to not read the first part. This isn't where he was with One Direction. They they mentioned One Direction, he said. After so many years making One Direction albums while touring, always on the Mm run, he finally gets to take his time and embrace the insanity of it all. Um, so the stuff about cornhole tournaments wasn't during 1D. It's, it was now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like this weird detail about him biting off his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> singing with blood in his mouth. That's very like, <laughs> I'm going to make my art. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you think of 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, ouch, though. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mushrooms and blood. Yeah. I thought this was funny. Um, I also found it so interesting that he was, like, feeling okay to open up about this publicly. Because, yeah. as we know, he's normally so private. So I feel like this is such a shift, this interview. Yeah. And, yeah, how he's feeling about sharing stuff. I agree. This reminded me of um, Zane's way of writing albums as well, <laughs> where yeah. I think they like would get high in the studio and mm-hmm. just record and see what it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, or bring bringing it back to the making of the album videos where they were all drunk on the beach or <laughs> very oh, <yeah>. seemingly drunk <laughs> recording in the studio in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frozen margaritas at 10 a.m. Sounds like a really good idea. That sounds like a terrible idea to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you live Harry Styles' lifestyle, it sounds like. Yeah, and then everything is different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, anything else about this bit? I don't think so. Um, all right, moving on down. Uh, this is when they were talking about One Direction. Now, this is not much new information, but I thought we couldn't just skip over it. Right. So I'll read it. So Rob asks Harry if he sees that Wendy's over or they're getting back together. And Harry says, I don't know. I don't think I'd ever say I'd never do it again because I don't feel that way. If there's a time when we all really want to do it, that's the only time for us to do it because I don't think it should be any- about anything else other than the fact that we're all like, hey, this was really fun. We should do this again. But until that time, I feel like I'm really enjoying making music and experimenting. I enjoy making music this way. This I enjoy making music this way too much to see myself doing a full switch to go back and do that again. Because I also think if we went back to doing things the same way, it wouldn't be the same anyway. Um, and he had previously just talked about sort of how much he really liked being in one direction and it wasn't like he was quote tied to a radiator mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah so this is just sort of coming after that um and again i think this is sort of what harry has said before mm-hmm. and kind of what we're thinking he's thinking anyway um yeah i think out of all the boys he's definitely the one who's most settled in being in the solo career for longer just based on what they say i think currently Mm -hmm. all of them are in the solo career forever but i think some of the other boys have given more enthusiastic responses um about getting back together like at the drop of a hat definitely uh niall has definitely said (laughs) that Mm -hmm. Um, and louis yeah and louis so yeah yeah i i feel like uh this wasn't surprising or sad to me because i already knew this um very well I know that this is how Harry feels but mm-hmm. I had like uh, another of my friends who had read it I like asked them about it and they were like this made me so sad because um, <laughs> I think they just like you know reading that and not not having known it very well before I feel like yeah you know could be sad oh, that is sad for someone who doesn't know it yeah I think it's like it's interesting to kind of contemplate because I feel like Harry and Niall have a lot of crossover in their musical Mm -hmm. um, influences and, like, what they like and kind of what and how they want to write. I feel like Louis doesn't so much, but we also don't know enough yet um, Mm -hmm. about what he's going to put out. But based on, like, 
who he references as being his musical influences. It's so different yeah. from like what Harry listens to and like wants to, um, you know, emulate. Um, and I've also kind of same with Liam, like a lot of the music he's put out is very different. So kind of thinking mm-hmm. of, you know, if in, if Harry, from Harry's point of view, it's like getting back with a band of people who have like such vast different music that they want to create um yeah like I can see how it wouldn't really make sense um right now but you know you never know how people's music will evolve over time and like um after they've had you know Harry's had time to like get everything out that he wants to and like experiment and like experience like um you know being solo then I could see I could see him feeling differently but um but yeah I think it's hard because they're all in such different places musically now yeah I agree and just like the thought of if I were him like he's just started his journey as Mm -hmm. you know a solo artist and really getting to tap into his own creativity with music because obviously in the band they each like did their part but it's not the same as being like you know the world is my oyster. I can do yeah. whatever I want. I want to explore this sort of like rocky thing I'm doing, but maybe next I want to like do something else and try something mm-hmm. else. Like I just think of, you know, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. She's had country. She's had like 80s synthy pop. She's had like a whole bunch of different things in her right. solo career. And I would imagine like Harry's just starting out for that. And he wants mm-hmm. to go and delve into all of those things and really get to see where it takes him. Um, mm-hmm. And I would imagine that going back to One Direction would feel like it was not allowing him to do that right now. Yeah. Um, but in however many years, when he feels like he's really gotten the chance to explore himself right. as a solo artist, that could be something really amazing to come back to. Yeah, um, exactly. And make it sort of different, you know. Right. Well, and I find it interesting, too, the way he talks about it's like the way um, he says, I enjoy making music this way too much to see myself doing a full switch um because I think the way that music was written in One Direction was very um like kind of systematic systematic uh like deadline focused um and like not clinical but like in a way there was like a formula mm-hmm. for things it was like yeah we need to write this music we need to have it done by this date like this is when this album contractually like needs to come out like this is what it needs to sound like and then on top of that you had all the different members of the band wanting to contribute their own like you know creativity which is all very different but I feel like the biggest um the biggest like drawback that Harry has talked about is the way that it was done like the pace and how it was like Mm. the albums were made on the road um like he hasn't really talked that much about like the genres or like the musical stylings are like not something he wants to go back to but it's very much about like the pace and like the way mm-hmm. that that worked so I also wonder in the future long in the future <laughs> if they could you know be One Direction again and write in a different way like not mm-hmm. write in a formulaic way and like not write with a deadline um yeah. like if that was something that would ever be possible you know or yeah. if it just flat out doesn't work if there's four or five mm-hmm. different people who have very different tastes. But Yeah. I mean I think it think. could, especially if they like wrote separately, came back together, wrote some together, you know, right. and like didn't put the pressure on to pump out a certain amount of songs. Mm-hmm. You know, we all the boys each have to write on this many, like, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
it could just be a whole different ball game. Yeah. I still think that like they're definitely going to do a reunion tour at some point mm-hmm. with not yeah. new music, but like music they already have. I think that's like yeah. already in the bag. Like that is like set in stone. Like that's just going to happen someday. Yeah, I'm sure. Whether or not point. they'd ever like get back together and write new music, I think that at this mm-hmm. point feels very far-fetched just because they're all in such different musical places. Yeah, but I think like, I just think, you know, 15 years in the future. Yeah. You know, they're like 35, 40. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. They could be at a really different point in their life. They could have families and maybe doing a One Direction reunion tour would be a really fun thing. Like. Yeah. You mean like writing we new can't music? Predict. Yeah. Either writing new music together and having that nostalgia fe- nostalgic feeling or, mm-hmm. you know, just touring old songs, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or doing like, you know, a couple of big shows yeah well i think they'll definitely do that like sooner yeah like i think that'll happen in the next like like 10 years Mm -hmm. yeah i would say not the next five though probably not no yeah um yeah so yeah not much new but it's still interesting to discuss Mm -hmm. all right scrolling down to the next bit uh Rob did a lot of talking and writing about Harry's LGBTQ plus like support and Black Lives Matter and the rainbow flags and like I don't know if they mentioned the gun control thing that he has as well on his guitar but there was a lot of the sort of political stuff Harry's done Um, and we got some quotes from Harry do you want to read these three quotes here sort of about harry's take on what um that type of stuff means to him Mm -hmm. um i want to make people feel comfortable being whatever they want to be he says maybe at a show you can have a moment of knowing that you're not alone i'm aware that as a white male i don't go through the same things as a lot of the people that come to the shows i can't claim that i know what it's like because i don't So I'm not trying to say I understand what it's like. I'm just trying to make people feel included and seen. On tour, he had had an end gun violence sticker on his guitar. He added a Black Lives Matter sticker as well as the flag. It's not about me trying to champion the cause, because I'm not the person to do that, he says. It's just about not ignoring it, I guess. I was a little nervous to do that, because the last thing I wanted was for it to feel like I was saying, look at me, I'm the good guy. I didn't want anyone who was really involved in the movement to think, what the F do you know? But then when I did it, I realized people got it. Everyone in that room is on the same page and everyone knows what I stand for. I'm not saying I understand how it feels. I'm just trying to say, I see you. Um, it's a room full of accepting people about his shows. If you're someone who feels like an outsider, you're not always in a big crowd like that, he says. It's not about, oh, I get what it's like, because I don't. For example, I go walking at night before bed most of the time. I was talking about that with a female friend, and she said, do you feel safe doing that? And I do. But when I walk, I'm more aware that I feel okay to walk at night, and some of my friends wouldn't. I'm not saying I know what it feels like to go through that. It's just being aware. I liked that we got some more insight into harry's thinking about all of that type of stuff because he's usually pretty closed lip about it i know i was like finally (laughs) i know and like i see growth here where Mm -hmm. you know at first he didn't want to talk about it because he thought he would be you know painting himself as like the good guy Mm -hmm. um but then realizing that not talking about it just made him like everyone else kind of uh and like 
he was able to express his support without like saying I experienced this it's not about saying Mm -hmm. that you know exactly what it is but it's saying I hear Mm -hmm. you I see you I'm supporting you I believe in you like I want to stand by you yeah um I feel like I can tell just by the way that his sentences flow here kind of wonkily Mm -hmm. like more so than other parts where he's very like on point and I don't know if that's because you know Rob isn't doing as much editing here but I can tell him I can tell Harry's kind of almost maybe nervous about talking about it or trying to get his point across in the correct way I don't know if you sense that while reading it but he like kind of repeats himself a bit kind of like what we do on the podcast honestly or what I do (laughs) at least when I'm trying to talk about something that I you know feel a little bit out of my depth talking about but no I shouldn't talk about um yeah I just appreciated this honesty a lot Mm mm-hmm yeah I think this is really was really needed um because I think sometimes what has like put me off of Harry or not put me off of him but like made me feel weird is like the fact that I don't know how he feels and I don't know what he's trying to say um Mm -hmm. like it's not necessarily like someone trying to do something and then doing it the wrong way that would like upset me because I'm like at least you're trying that's great but it's like when people like don't talk about it that kind of makes me feel like well like what are you really trying to do then um so I feel like this is really necessary for him to like kind of share this like this is why I do this and like this is how I feel about it Um, And I agree with you that I think it shows a lot of growth. I think he still has a long way to go, but I feel like he's on the right track. And I think he's like developing like a really well-rounded like view on like politics and culture. Um, And I appreciate that he like shared this and is kind of understands the um, concept of like, of like not, you know, centering himself and like making it about him. Um, Mm -hmm. but just being aware. Um, And I also think, like, him saying, um, he said this a couple other places, too, in different ways, but, like, creating a place for, like, his fans to feel like um, they're included and seen, I think is such a real real thing, because that's exactly how I feel when I'm at his shows, and, like, my um, IRL friends who are big Harry fans are all queer, like, a lot of them are, like, trans, um, or, like, women who are queer, um and like we very much feel like that way at a Harry show like that it's like Mm -hmm. a safe that we a place that we feel safe and also like seen it feels like our space um and I think that's like so so important to have um and I think like there's like a whole you know other conversation of like you know Harry has like chosen not to label his sexuality um but I think like regardless of that the fact that he creates that place is like so important and like necessary Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think there's like an element of like the fact that he doesn't talk about the fact that he's also like (laughs) rich (laughs) that I'm like yeah are you aware of that privilege Mr. Harold um I'm sure he is and just like doesn't yeah is still figuring that part out um yeah because he's at least someone about that too huh and how to talk about it, too, publicly, not yeah. sound like a complete ass. <laughs> yeah, because he definitely is someone who, like, flaunts his wealth. You know, he wears, like, a lot of designer stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a tricky, you know, it's a tricky area. I don't really know how I completely feel about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this definitely shows shows growth and um, that he's, like, trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's having discussions with his friends about it and trying yeah. to share their experiences, which I like too. Yeah, I think that's another part that made it feel very encouraging and like real. Like the fact that he says, like, I was talking about that with a female friend and she said, Do you feel safe doing that? Like, um, yeah, I think that yeah. that is really important to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good good little part there. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that being included. I don't think it wouldn't have been included, but yeah. it's good to get a little bit more insight. Well, this is the f- detail this is the first thought process. Yeah, and this is the first we've actually heard him talk about it. Yeah, you know, it's like all been like in his sort of actions before, which I think this mm-hmm. also really brings insight to the way he chooses to be politically active. Um, yeah. because he kind of is expressing like I don't want to make a scene I don't want to be like try to be the spokesperson for like feminism or like anything mm-hmm. like that because I'm not the person who's like being oppressed by that <laughs> he's right. kind of like expressing here that like he doesn't want to make it about him um, mm-hmm. and that kind of explains why uh, he's kind of had the journey that he has where like we see him like you know waving these flags but then he like doesn't say stuff about you know like when things happen like he doesn't you know he never tweets about stuff right. but it's like this is probably a very big reason why it's because he's figuring out how to like be impactful in a way that that isn't like you know trying to make it about him yeah um i agree yeah so moving into um another just kind of interesting insight into who harry is um as a person uh this was a little bit about what he likes to read. Um, <laughs> Harry says, uh, or I'll just read the whole thing. Um, in February, he spent his 25th birthday sitting by himself in a Tokyo cafe reading Haruku, Haruki Murakami's The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle. I love Murakami. Uh, he says, he's one of my favorites. Reading didn't really used to be my thing. I had such an, a short attention span. But I was dating someone who gave me some books. I felt like I had to read them because she'd think I was a dummy if I didn't read them. <laughs> um, it was the first book, maybe ever, where all I wanted to do all day was read this. I had a very Murakami birthday because I ended up staying in Tokyo on my own. I had grilled fish and miso soup. Oh, there's there's soup. Um, oh, yes. And miso soup for breakfast. <laughs> then I went to this cafe. I sat and drank tea and read for five hours. Um I just, that's just such a random little snippet of Harry's yeah. life and really something beautiful that he sort of discovered reading yeah. through a relationship and how it's carried on mm. um, and finding like inspiring authors is really cool. And I love how he just sat and read for five hours. I've definitely mm-hmm. been there before where you just can't put your book down or your fic down or whatever. Uh-huh. And you just, you know, yeah, this was also that sort of, like moment where I felt so out of my depth and really uncool and incompetent just as he had felt when he was given a book to read and felt like he would be a dummy if he didn't read them I was like this is how I feel right now yeah I still have never read Murakami I have actually a couple books but I haven't actually read any of them um but I think also it wasn't it Molly Hawkins who gave him Norwegian Wood didn't he say that later Mm -hmm. in this article yeah he says it later Um, but I love that he like he like actually like reads books that like friends give him Um, yeah because like that's I feel like it's like a hard thing like when you share with someone like a book that you love or even like a tv show or a song like we all you know have 
like busy lives and it's hard to like absorb that stuff um Mm -hmm. i feel like it's really sweet that he like seems to like read the books that people give him yeah i love that yeah um, I also I love that he want to read this book too. Now that he says it's like one of his favorites. Yeah. Well, he 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 included it in um, another man, right? Wasn't it on, on his list? Norwegian. Oh Wood. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also love that he spent his twenty fifth birthday alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> reading. I, I did that for my twenty third. <laughs> really. I went to Brighton alone because I was in England mm. and I had no friends. Oh so. yeah. I went to Brighton alone. Yeah, it's very relatable. Yeah. Well, it's relatable for us Aquarians, at least. <laughs> yeah. Maybe everyone else listening is like, I don't know what Maybe you're talking about. everyone else is friends. God. <laughs> I mean, we're all, we were, like, you now, too, are living in somewhere where you don't have friends. Yeah. I Yet. Spend, yeah. Because you move somewhere new. Harry mm-hmm. moved somewhere new. I moved somewhere new. Like, mm-hmm. so interesting. The parallels. <laughs> Um, yeah, again, this is like something that you might not see in a different type of interview, but it's just like this really cute little snippet, like sort of a snapshot of Harry, which yeah. we had a couple of those throughout, which I liked. Right. Um, uh, all right. The ugh, next bit so is much more about missing. Harry's album. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we can do, we can know. do another interview. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. Um, Okay, so the next bit is about Harry's album. It starts in the studio. Did I just read or did you just read? Um, I think you did. Okay, do you want to read starting in the studio? Yeah, should I read how far down? Three of them? Um, uh, yeah, just, well, the big paragraph, and then I can mention the other little bits. I okay. Oh, I see. I was in the wrong place. <laughs> In the studio, he's overseeing the string quartet. He has the engineer play T-Rex's Cosmic Dancer for them to illustrate the vibe he's going for. You can see he enjoys being on this side of the glass, sitting at the neve board, giving his instructions to the musicians. After a few run-throughs, he presses the intercom button to say, Yeah, it's pretty T-Rex. Best damn strings I ever heard. He buzzes again to add, and you're all wonderful people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is so hairy. That is exactly what I would expect from him in his studio. I know, me too. Um, it's cool to get that insight about him coming to to the strings, like recording and being like, I want it to sound like T-Rex's Cosmic Dancer, which yeah. I have no idea what that sounds like. Um, have you heard that song? Um, I, I listened to it after I read this, but I had not I had not heard about it before. What type of energy did you feel from the strings? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember. I'd have to listen to it again. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's so cool. And you get to see him sort of on the production side of it. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, um, I feel like his musical um, influences are like growing a lot, which I think is very exciting. Mm. I'm just going to read this paragraph before because we skipped over it. Um But it says, on the drive over, he puts on the jazz pianist Bill Evans, Peace Peace, from 1959, which is the wake-up tone on his phone. He just got into jazz during a long sojourn in Japan. Um, I just thought I'd include that because we have not heard Harry, like, talk about jazz before. Um, Mm. And Peace Peace, well, Bill Evans is, like, a very, like, famous, influential jazz musician. Um, And Peace Peace is a very, like, well-known song of his, but... um, 
it's one that I used to hear all the time growing up because my well both my parents are jazz musicians um and my dad was like a super super hardcore jazz fan and so we had like the Bill Evans like records playing all the oh, time that's so cool um yeah and this particular song like the there's like these four like piano chords that run under it and they're just like so like I like the minute I hear them I'm just like transported like back to my childhood because oh, it's just wow. like so familiar um I love that. yeah and I um was texting my brother about it because my brother's also a big jazz fan um we were talking about Bill Evans and he said um my jazz teacher at City College uh loved him he would always say he's the only white guy who significantly contributed to jazz (laughs) 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 Um, so yeah I just thought I'd include that because I found like a lot of um musical uh like parallels to my own life in this interview Mm -hmm. that's really nice I like that story Mm -hmm. um I feel like when just sort of recognizing with all these um like bands and stuff he's naming and songs and artists Mm -hmm. like I have to realize that this is his actual job Mm -hmm. his job is to like listen to music so that he can make music (laughs) yeah you know that's not my job that's his job so no wonder he's better at it than me yeah still I feel intimidated but (laughs) at the same time I have to give myself leeway yeah (laughs) because like he's supposed to sit in a cafe and listen to an album well and he has the the time to do that like we have to work our other jobs which doesn't allow us to listen (laughs) to music all day and do mushrooms so yeah (laughs) we don't have that very true plus he's got like tons of people in the industry like giving him things to listen to and Mm -hmm. supporting that and you know to listen with and yeah i don't know well and i think it makes a big difference to the this particular interview being done by rob sheffield because i think if it was someone else like they might not have either a picked up on all the like musical stuff um or like wouldn't have included it um like they might have been like we were driving down the road listening to like a 1970s rock album or something yeah but because rob sheffield it's also his job he's a musical writer he's been doing that for years so like he also knows so much about music um but also like a very specific kind of music like he's really mostly knows about like rock and roll um Mm -hmm. from like specific you know eras um he like obviously is like picking up on that stuff and includes it because it's something he knows about as well i bet harry also like purposely prepared all this like you know he was like (laughs) i'm not gonna listen to Katy perry today because i've got rev sheffield in my car (laughs) and you know i gotta impress him because teenage dream might Mm -hmm. not impress him the same way bill evans would (laughs) i bet he did do that yeah i'm sure i would do the same i'd be like i need to play all my coolest looking stuff Mm -hmm. and not taylor swift's newest album although that's not not cool okay you know Mm um yeah um oh yeah and then i highlighted just some of the people he's working with producers jeff basker and tyler johnson who we saw produce his last album Mm -hmm. as well as kid kid harpoon or tom hull who's harry's like friends with and um worked with before so it seems like it's sort of the same group as last time Mm -hmm. as well as like mitch is there too and sarah the drummer and sarah oh yeah sarah's the new addition so that's exciting wait um 
Sarah's a new addition? No, I just mean to, in terms of, like, writing his album. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Um, because all these other guys were there last time. I'm hoping Sarah's helping, like, with the writing, too, because Mitch right. contributed to the writing. Well, because um, he mentions them both, like, Sarah and Mitch, like, yeah. at the top, like, being in the studio and stuff. So I don't know if they're, yeah. right, like, writing together, but I hopefully they are. I hope. They're at least I hanging out. a part of it. Yeah, I was just a little bit disappointed that it was the same people as last time because I think one of our biggest protests was that Harry worked with mm-hmm. like a lot of men, a lot of white men. There wasn't yep. a lot of diversity in his songwriting team, production team, mm-hmm. and it seems like that might be the case again. Yeah. Um, obviously, it doesn't mean it's going to have the same things we had trouble with on his last album. Right. Um, same sort of subtle sexism we saw in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes not but, so subtle. Yeah, so, sometimes not so subtle. Yes, it'll um, be really interesting does... to see. For what? To see what? It'll be really interesting. Sorry, I think there's like a lag because I keep talking like right after you start talking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I think it'll be really interesting to see like if that those themes are gonna stay because it has mm-hmm. we have the same set of writers or if it's going to change because like Harry personally has evolved. Yeah, I'm nervous to say the least. Me too. I wish I wish we could have seen that he's working with a different group of people. Obviously he's comfortable with these guys right. and it went well last time. Mm-hmm. Um but I just wish we'd seen more diversity. And maybe there was. Mm-hmm. But not not based on this profile. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all would have hoped that he would have some like women, women writing with him um, Mm -hmm. and being more involved in the creative process Um, and kind of going along with that. Like he oftentimes is like, like even like the profiles that have been done about him have all been like done by men. Like I would love to see a profile about him done by a woman. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it would be really interesting and not that I don't love Robert Sheffield, and I also loved Cameron Crowe's interview, but um, but yeah, that's kind of one of the areas that I feel like I'd like to see some more diversity in. Yeah, I agree. Um, then there's this little part where they interview Kid Harpoon, and like he talks about Harry for a while and like tells some stories. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything here that you need to talk about now, or can we just skip it? <laughs> We can skip it for now. Um, okay. I do find the meditation stuff interesting, but um, but yeah, we can we can go back to it later. Okay. Um, I liked that though that they I like when they randomly interview people around Harry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna just add this one quote. Um, go for it. Do you mind? <laughs> no. Okay. So Kid Harpoon is talking, and he says. Um, but I told him – so Harry was – was um, they were talking about, like, relationships and, um, like, you know, sadness and stuff. And he says – but I told him that famous Iggy Pop quote where he says, I only date women who are going to F me up because that's where the songs are, I said. You're 24, 25 years old. You're in the eligible bachelor category. Just date amazing women or men or whatever who are going to F you up and explore and have an adventure and let it affect you and write songs about it. Um, I thought that was an important part to be included um, Mm. because it does it's an interesting it it kind of explains where like Kid Harpoon 
is maybe coming from like songwriting wise um Mm -hmm. and then also like the fact that he says like date amazing women or men or whatever i think is important Mm -hmm. um and then i also kind of like agree with this a little bit like there's i think maybe i would word it a little differently but it's kind of that mindset of like you're not necessarily meant to like find your forever person right now like especially as an artist like just have amazing experiences and like I think when they say date people who F me up, they mean more like give you a lot of feelings. Yeah. And make you, yeah, like make you feel things and, and have experiences. Yeah. I don't think they it's mean like it. Like young. Yeah. Like don't worry too much about, don't get worked up over finding the perfect person. Like yeah. have a good time, be young, experience the range of emotions. It's yeah. okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be in love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting because it's like, like yeah harry is still like 25 mm-hmm. he's very young mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah but oh the the first part of the sentence that i heard that i somehow cut out was the new songs are certainly charged with pain oh yeah i didn't i didn't highlight that dang mm-hmm. so he must rob's talking from a place of someone who's heard stuff yeah it can't just be like Unless he's just taking it based on what Harry has said and what Kid Harpoon has said, because that could be just, like, a filler sentence. But it Maybe. does also sound like he has heard stuff. Yeah, I feel like saying charged with pain is means that he must have, like, heard them. Yeah. I feel like we're going to get a lot of, like, soft rock ballads or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're. I think there's gonna there's gonna be like more psychedelic stuff on this album. I mean, they were doing mushrooms, mm-hmm. so maybe that's like psychedelics. In that headline, mm-hmm. is a hint to the music and not just yeah. the shrooms. I bet. Um, all right. Do you want to read the Joni Mitchell paragraph? Yes. He got so obsessive about Joni Mitchell and her 1971 classic Blue. He went on a quest. I was in a big Joni hole, he says. I kept hearing the dulcimer all over blue. So I tracked down the lady who built Joni's dulcimer in the 60s. He found her living in Culver City, she said. Come, oh my gosh, sorry. This is like so, that was so messy. So (laughs) it's like we're having Rob's point of view and then Kid Harpoon talking and then Harry talking. It's very confusing. (laughs) It's a lot. So just know that, okay? (laughs) I'm going to remind a bit. Um... So who who is saying I in this is Kid Harpoon. So I tracked down the lady who built Joni's dulcimers in the 60s. No, I thought that... Oh, no, I thought it was Harry. Oh, maybe it is. No, it's it's Kid Harpoon. Wait, the person who says I was in a big Joni hole. That's Harry. It's Harry. Wait. I kept hearing the dulcimer all over blue, so I tracked down the lady who built Joni's dulcimers in the 60s. Yeah. But then it says, he found her living in Culver City. She said, come and see me, Hall says. It's hard to tell who was the one who... Well, now I feel like maybe this is all Kid Harpoon's thoughts, which change how I feel vastly. I'm very confused. Hold on. I need to read the last bit. Go a little bit out of your depth when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom. You're just about in the right place to do something exciting. That's the Bowie quote, though. Right. Hmm. I feel like 
He got so obsessive about Joni like Mitchell. It was has coming to be from Harry. Harry. Maybe this is actually a typo, and it wasn't supposed to be Hull. I think Hull's telling Harry's story for him. That's what I think. Because he got too. so obsessive about Joni Mitchell. It's got to be Harry. That can't be Hull. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is very confusing, but let me finish it reading is. it. Um, so he found her living in Culver City. She said, Come and see me. We turn up at her house, and he said, Ah, we turn up at her house, and he said, meaning Harry. How do you even mm. play a dulcimer? She gave us a lesson. Then she got a bongo, and we were all jamming with these big Cheshire Cat grins. She built the dulcimer Harry plays on the new album. Joni Mitchell and Van Morrison, those are my two favorites, he says. Blue and Astral Weeks are just the ultimate in terms of songwriting. Melody-wise, they're in their own lane. Okay, that was a mess. Harry. But what happened was, <laughs> um, it was Kid Harpoon talking about Harry being obsessive about Joni Mitchell he helped him track down who built Joni Mitchell's dulcimers and then they went to her house together. But it was Harry saying Joni Mitchell and Van Morrison are my favorites. So cool. I loved this paragraph and I need yeah. to listen to this album. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, it was really funny because so this interview came out on Monday and on Sunday night I had gone to see Brandy Carlile in concert and she played a cover of um, a Case of You, which is a Joni Mitchell song, my favorite Joni Mitchell songs. Um, and Bernie said it was one of, she thinks it's like the, one of the two best songs ever written. Um, wow. And I've heard her play it before. She's covered it before. Um, but she also is doing a show in LA in October where she's actually going to cover the whole album of Blue, like do a whole concert where she just sings all the songs. Um, and she's actually been spending time with Joni Mitchell um, who like had an aneurysm earlier in the year um and she had like really funny some really funny stories about her um but anyways she played a case of you which is like my favorite song and when i was driving home um i was like listening to the album blue and specifically that song and then california which is my other favorite song because i've been missing home (laughs) um and i was like singing the songs like on the album all the way home and then the next day i like read this paragraph from this interview and i was like freaking out because I, like, love Fleetwood Mac, but, like, Joni Mitchell is, like, my favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. And my mom had Blue um, and Cactus Tree when I was growing up, those two albums. And so I've listened to them, like, over and over and over again. Um, And, like, hearing Harry talk about her was just, like, so exciting for me. Um, And I've also wondered... I didn't realize you were such a big Joni Mitchell fan. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I'm not, like, a current Joni Mitchell fan. Like, I haven't, like, followed her career, and, like, I haven't really listened much to her, like, later albums. Um, But, like, specifically the first few albums she wrote are just albums that I, like, yeah, have, like, listened to um, over and over again. And I've always wondered and, like, been kind of offended that Harry hasn't talked about her before because I'm like hello if you're mm-hmm. so, so into 70s like rock like why don't you talk about Joni Mitchell ever right um, so this is like very fun to read um, and made me just really excited for the new album if he's like using Joni influences yeah um, yeah and like how amazing that he heard a sound and then was able to find the person who like worked with Joni I Mitchell know. on the and have her build a dulcimer for him to play like, like lucky wild. bastard I can't believe having that much power um (laughs) man but yeah i'll be really excited to see like where the dulcimer is in his songs yeah 
That's so cool. Yeah. And obviously, um, did like... Did they play the dulcimer on the last one? Was that credited at all or no? I assume not because they've th- just got one built. Yeah, I don't think I heard it at all. Um, I don't really remember. Um, and then obviously, like, Van Morrison. We, I've talked about that before, how, like, I also... Astral Weeks is, like, my other... Like, another album I used to listen to a lot and is, like, one of my favorite albums of all time. So, mm-hmm. um, it's very nice. And I was talking to my mom earlier about this stuff because like my mom loves Joni Mitchell as well because like those are her albums and she was saying that um Joni Mitchell is like a musician's musician Mm. um which is just like we all kind of know you know Harry is very into like you know being being immersing himself in like music older music and like music history at least in the rock you know rock yeah rock in quotes genre (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah. i i really need to listen to this album in full like i'm very excited have you have you listened to joni mitchell at all before um i'm sure i know like her famous songs but not really like i haven't delved into that at all yet yeah so yeah, definitely listen to yeah, it. I added the good. album, but I'm, like, waiting for the right mm. moment to listen. I was trying to think, like, if there was a Joni song off of Blue that I would, like, want Harry to cover, like, which one would it be? Which is kind of hard because most of her songs are sung in, like, this very high, like, head voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they could, like, transpose it for Harry. Um, yeah. I feel like I would, like, want him to sing the title track if I could pick one, which is called Blue. Because, oh. like, it's very moody. Maybe he will. I feel like it would fit him very well. And, like, yeah, maybe yeah. he will cover one, though. Maybe. Did, did you say something you cut out? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. There's, like, a little bit of a lag where, like, you come, like, a little bit later. I'm trying yeah. to, like, not talk if I think you're going to talk. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on down. Um, so this was more of Rob writing about Harry's, you know, being in the studio with Harry um, and sort of what he saw on the production side of things. After quite a few hours of recording the string quartet, a bottle of Casamigos tequila is opened. Commander Quaalude, i.e. Harry, pours the drink. Uh, <laughs> pours the drinks then decides what the song needs now is a gaggle of non-singers bellowing the chorus muppet vocals is how he describes it he drags everyone in sight to crowd around the mics between takes he wanders over to the piano to play harry nilsson's gotta get up one of the choir members creative director molly hawkins is the friend who gave him the murakami book I think every man should read Norwegian Wood, she says. Harry's the only man I've given it to who actually read it. Um, what a great paragraph where it has Muppet vocals and this really beautiful mm-hmm. thing from Molly Hawkins. And Commander Quaalude. Which, and Commander Quaalude. In case anyone hasn't read it or doesn't remember, he's was Harry's wearing a t-shirt, like a vintage t-shirt that says Commander Quaalude on it. Yes. Um... So that's cool. I would love to get roped in to do the Muppet vocals on Harry's album. Um, <laughs> and I think we heard some of that Muppet vocal type of thing. I want to say on Carolina, they did the La La La's yeah. like, all together in the studio. We saw that in the documentary. Um, I don't know what these Muppet vocals are, but it might be La La La's or something. Mm-hmm. 
I want to know mm. why Molly Hawkins thinks every man should read Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Wait, have you read it? No, no, I guess I should read it first. Yeah, now I need to read it and know why. <laughs> but I love that she's like, Harry's the only man I've given it to who actually read it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Harry. <laughs> Work it. Um, okay, so then this is when we jump to England. <laughs> um, right. A few days later, on the other side of the world. Um, in Lundress, in, as Harry calls it. Yeah, Lundress. Um... Rob writes, he's having a cup of tea with his mum, Anne, the spitting image of her son, all grace and poise. We're off to the pub, he tells her. We're going to talk some shop. She smiles sweetly. Talk some shh, probably, says Anne. (laughs) Um, I just like the uh, opposition of grace and poise. And then she's like, talk some shh. Uh Uh, Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, I love that part. Also, this next part that isn't highlighted is important. Um, it says he was wearing a Spice World hoodie. <laughs> that is very important. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I left that out. Um, all right. Do you want to read the next two highlighted or three highlighted sure. portions? It is about Harry talking about his fandom okay. and feminism. They're the most honest, especially if you're talking about teenage girls, but older as well, he says. They have that bullshit detector. You want honest people as your audience. We're so past that dumb, outdated narrative of, oh, these people are girls, so they don't know what they're talking about. They're the ones who know what they're talking about. They're the people who listen obsessively. They effing own this shit. They're running it. I think ultimately feminism is thinking that men and women should be equal, right? People think that if you say, I'm a feminist, it means you think men should burn in hell and women should trample on their necks. No, you think women should be equal. That doesn't feel like a crazy thing to me. I grew up with my mom and my sister. When you grow up around women, your female influence is just bigger. Of course, men and women should be equal. I don't want a lot of credit for being a feminist. It's pretty simple. I think the ideas, ideals of feminism are pretty straightforward. Oh, uh, to me, the greatest thing about the tour was that the room became the show, he says. It's not just me. He sips his tea. I'm just a boy standing in front of a room asking them to bear with me or bear with him yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess that one wasn't as related as i thought it was yeah (laughs) i did see someone post like when he when he was doing the james corden thing he says has some comment where he says like why am i always julia roberts but then and it's like well maybe you should stop quoting her all the time (laughs) yes you make yourself julia here (laughs) Um, yeah, I think this is just more insight into Harry's sort of growth and understanding. We get to see, like, where he's coming from with, like, he doesn't want to be credited for being a feminist because he thinks it's pretty basic. I have to Um, say, like, this is the one part of the article that pisses me off. Um, Which doesn't piss me off, but it, like, is annoying to me. Um, Mm -hmm. It opens with, this is Rob. He's always had a fervent female fandom, and, admirably, he's never felt a need to pretend he doesn't love it that way. Like, this is a perfect example of, like, why you need women also involved. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if a woman was doing this interview, like, that question would have been so much better. Um, yeah. Like, the fact that Rob is, like, admirably, he's, it's not admirable that he's never hel- felt he has to pretend he doesn't love that. Yeah. Like, that's something only, like, a man would say, and it's just, like, really bothers me because i'm like come on like you're such a like smart person and like you say all these great things and then like you just like throw that in there 
Um, yeah. And I do appreciate that Harry kind of says, like, I don't need credit for that. Um, yeah. I think, again, he kind of gets a little messy with his words here, I think, because he's, like, talking about something that maybe makes him a little nervous. Um, but it's just, like, uh, I like to hear about this, but I'd much rather hear about it in conversation with a woman because I feel like mm-hmm. hearing about it in conversation with a man just kind of frustrates me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter say, like, um, like someone was applauding like this th- this whole interaction I think and then like she quoted it and was like stop having men ask the dumb question about whether yeah. he's okay with having girls like <laughs> listen to his music right. or something and it was like what a stupid question like yeah, why exactly. do we have to ask it as though girls are already invalid right <laughs> he's, like stepping up to the plate to validate us or something exactly it's so stupid and we also already got this we got this in the last interview he did he had a great yeah. wonderful quote about about his female fan base like yeah yeah i'm kind of just over this whole question exactly we know we've heard it it's 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 yeah. nothing yeah <laughs> it's nothing yeah. new <laughs> yeah agreed um i liked him saying that we're running it though i agree we are running the show mm-hmm. um, i think just the whole music industry people don't realize how much like we're running the show yeah yeah um, but it seems like Harry does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, I'm not a huge fan, although last time I said this, my sister called me out on it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> was I'm not a huge fan of just defining feminism is that thinking men and women should be equal. Yeah. I think that's a first step in understanding it. Mm-hmm. And for sure, if you're coming to feminism for the first time, like that's amazing that you're seeing it, you know, yeah. you're seeing that clarity. Um, but I think there's a lot of room for a uh, more in-depth understanding of what feminism is. Yeah. You know, it should be like intersectional and right. talking about different f- like forms of oppression mm. and more than one gender, not just men and women being equal. Yeah. And there's a lot more to delve into there. So there definitely is. Um, well, I think, I think he's trying to just be like, it's pretty basic, um, which I get. And I think that sort of clicks for a lot of people and people can understand feminism that way. And it helps some people see it more clearly and not think of it as like women hating men. Um, at the same time, I kind of wish he didn't quite define it this way because mm-hmm. I think it cuts off a lot of really important aspects of what feminism is and should be. Yep. Super agree. Um, I think it kind of shows that like, as you said, this is kind of like a first step to like understanding feminism. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the, like, political stuff he sort of said, um, is that it's kind of, like, the first step. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's good that he's talking about it, and I think he's, like, going in the right direction, but, like, I hope he continues to, like, learn and evolve. Because um, he has, like, a very, 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 very basic understanding of these concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or at least he's presenting, or he's presenting it that it way that when way. he says this. Yeah. And also, like, that sounded mean of me. Like, I think it's, like, it's 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 hard because these, these topics are really complex and, like, it does take time to understand them and, like, it's not just, like, easy to, like, understand. Um, it can take a lot of work work to understand them. So I'm not trying to be, like, ah, it's so basic. Um, I'm not, like, a political, like, you know, mastermind or anything, but... Mm-hmm. but um but it's not straightforward or simple actually <laughs> no yeah um all right moving on 
Um, so this is the last scene of the uh, article. Oh, wow, it's a really it beautiful through. way to end it. I know we made it all the way here and it hasn't even hit two hours. So we're doing well. Amazing. Um, but so uh, Rob came along with Harry, a whole bunch of his friends, his mom um, to a Fleetwood, Fleetwood map concert is it fleetwood mac or is it just stevie nicks i think it might be just stevie nicks um i think it's fleetwood mac. or was it fleet uh, okay fleetwood mac uh, i don't really remember well i mean it's fleetwood mac but it is kind of just stevie nicks. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah fleetwood mac show uh and they have a vip box um and man how amazing that rob got to join this crowd yeah um and i thought it was a really personal way to end it uh do you want to read the these last Mm -hmm. couple paragraphs midway through the show harry's demeanor suddenly changes he gets uncharacteristically solemn and quiet sitting down by himself and focusing intently on the stage it's the first time all night he's taken a seat he's in a different zone than he was a few minutes ago but he's seen many fleetwood mac shows and he knows where they are in the set it's time for landslide he sits with his chin in his hand his eyes zeroing in on stevie nicks As usual, she introduces her most famous song with the story of how she wrote it when she was just a lass of 27. But Stevie is something else she wants to share. She tells the stadium crowd, I'd like to dedicate this to my little muse, Harry Styles, who brought his mother tonight. Her name is Anne. And I think you did a really good job raising Harry, Anne, because he's really a gentleman, sweet and talented, and boy, that appeals to me. So all of you, this is for you. As Stevie starts to sing Landslide, I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around you. Anne walks over to where Harry sits. She crouches down behind him, reaches her arms around him tightly. Neither of them says a word. They listen together and hold each other close to the very end of the song. Everyone in Wembley is singing along with Stevie, but these two are in a world of their own. Oh, that was so beautiful. Yeah. I felt like this was such a relatable moment where they're just completely in their own little world mm-hmm. and just kind of hold on to someone and you they're not even talking you're just communicating through like physical touch mm-hmm. and you understand what the other is feeling just you just know it mm-hmm. and i remember we got we like knew when this happened but i didn't realize you know rob was there and right. profiling harry at the time yeah when, this happen so yeah i also found it interesting like earlier on he says um you can tell he feels free as if his radar is telling him that there aren't snoopers or paparazzi watching Mm -hmm. he's correct this is a rare public appearance where nobody spots him and no photos leak online um i just think that's always like interesting to contemplate just having a life where like you can't go anywhere without it being leaked online yeah Sad. But yeah, this is a sweet way to end the article. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, in conclusion, what did we learn? Was there as much new stuff as one might think from 10 pages? <laughs> or is Harry still the mysterious boy that he has been? I think we got a lot um, out of these 10 pages. Maybe, yeah. maybe specifically for Harry, like maybe for someone else, it wouldn't have felt like that. But for mm-hmm. Harry, I think it definitely exceeded my expectations as far as content. 
Yeah. Um, for sure. I think. And we didn't even cover it all. We didn't. I mean, partially because we get a lot of quotes, direct quotes from Harry, where he's sort of sharing stuff he's never shared before. Um, but also from Rob's observations, because he's obviously someone who's like close with him and he was like with him. And the way he talks about him is like very personal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we got. He picks a lot. up. I think Rob picks up on so many details, mm-hmm. and just like we were saying with all the music and stuff, it's not just '70s rock album. It's like all right. these specific songs, specific artists, and like because he can talk music well with Harry, I think mm-hmm. that makes Harry want to talk music more with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, part of me feels like I wish we had gotten more insight into the album, but part of me also feels like. We don't need that yet because mm-hmm. we're probably going to get more of that when the album comes out. And like, I'm honestly surprised by what we did hear about the album. Yeah, we did kind like, of get a lot. I was quite happy with what we did. Yeah, get. yeah. I guess I guess I mean more like um, like like when are we going to hear stuff? Like, yeah, what are you yeah, thinking about tour? Like, you know, all that kind of future stuff. Yeah. I know, because I was even saying last episode, oh, I bet I bet we'll get, like, a single release date or an album release date or something, and mm-hmm. we didn't get anything. When when he did the last Rolling Stones interview, do you remember how it correlated with release dates? I saw people saying he had released the release date for the first single before or something. Mm. So... And it also, I remember it having quotes of lyrics in it. Right. Yeah, because this one didn't have anything direct about the music or the album. No. Like, this is a song that's on it, or, like, this is a lyric from it. Like, it had vague yeah. emotional themes. Like, I guess it had yeah. some stuff, like the T-Rex, like, strings. Um, yeah. But it sounds like this interview was done at a time when, like, the album was still very much, like, in process of being written. Right. Yeah, because, well, he did say, like, the finishing touches at some point. Oh, that's true. Um, and it was, this was around July that all of this was happening. So yeah, that's it's not true. that long ago. I don't know. But if it's, yeah, because if it's finishing touches, then obviously that means it's already been written. They're just finessing it. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing all, like, the production side of it. I wonder right. if they're done with that now or they're still working on it. Yeah. I mean, if they're doing it in July... It hasn't been that long. Right. Well, and, like, <clears throat> so I, the music video stuff we saw, like, they wouldn't film that that much in advance. Like, we have to get that soon. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot that. That, that gives me more hope. Yeah. Because they wouldn't film that, like, months in advance. It wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So, I don't know when to expect things. I'm still hoping for a single in September. Me too. Um... If it if it's single in September, then album like even they have time more to do finishing touches until like mm-hmm. November. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we can expect a sad, sexy album from Harry. So excited. S- more rock vibes, maybe mm-hmm. some psychedelic stuff. Yeah. Um, Joni Mitchell inspiration. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm happy that his inspiration will be coming from a book yeah. maybe recommended by a woman rather yeah. than um, that poet idiot. Yeah, let's not speak his name. No. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so I like that. And maybe some better inspiration. Yeah. 
and like Joni Mitchell, obviously a woman. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's like talked about them. I always want to call Stevie Nicks Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> like every time I go to say her name, I say I start saying yeah. Lindsay. And I'm like, nope, Lindsay. <laughs> nope, not the one. Um, uh, obviously, he's talked about her for a long time, but it's nice to have a, a new a new female influence, yeah. musical influence that he's that he's talking about. Agreed. I really agree with that. Um, yeah. So. That was the Rolling Stone interview. Yeah. I feel like we were fed well. Yeah, that's like, that like thought literally came into my head as, as after I finished it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We've been fed well. <laughs> yeah. I feel quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes me really excited for the next thing. But we already know Louis got something coming out in like the next two, three weeks. So yeah. at least we have something coming up. Surely Harry's got stuff coming up soon. And we're s- Niall supposedly said he has something in September, too. Although then he backtracked and said October-ish. Yeah. So it's unclear with Niall. Yeah, we'll have to wait and but see on that. I feel like September is going to be a busy month. Mm-hmm. So this is just the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to recommendations. Lucia, what's your recommendation today? Um, I didn't really prepare a recommendation, um, but I will recommend this because I saw it right before we recorded, um, and my phone's mm-hmm. going to die any minute, so I'm really, like, living on the edge here trying to look this up <laughs> um, live when my phone's about to die. <laughs> but it's basically, it's the new Tegan and Sarah music video for their song, um, which is called um, Just Like You, and... Um, The music video is really cute, and they put this quote about what it means, and it says, In this video, we really wanted to capture the disruption and manic multitasking we all do now because of our cell phones. The phone on the wall, the video has like a corded, you know, old phone in it. The phone on the wall is a physical representation of the constant pull to this device we all have. The anxiety of waiting for a message, waiting for a call, checking to see if people have posted, checking to see what our friends are doing, checking to see how many likes we have. We feel disconnected, and it comes from feeling like something's coming, but we can't answer what it is because it's nothing. Um, so okay. I just found that, like, very powerful and impactful, and then the video is very yeah. cute. Um, but that part, like, we feel disconnected, and it comes from feeling yeah. like something's coming, but we can't answer what it is because it's nothing yeah. is, like, oh, that's so true. Yeah, I love that bit. So, yeah, go watch that music video. Cool. Um, I didn't think of a recommendation, so <laughs> mine is going to be to go get a pumpkin spice latte. Oh my god, are they here? They're here. What? Um, I haven't gotten one yet because I'm waiting to be reunited with my younger siblings <sighs> in Canada to go get them together. Um, but I have to here. wait at least because over here they are. It's like a hundred. It was 103 degrees today. Ooh, um, so I have to wait till it gets cold. Otherwise, it just won't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're making iced ones too. There's oh, like a new iced one that they have. So it's just it's not fall f- here yet. I want it to be fall first. Yeah. But I'm so excited that fall is coming. Me too. I'm very ready for it. Um, yeah. So go get one. Live that dream. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you thought about this. We got a lot of feedback from listeners, but we'll probably talk about that on another episode because there's just way too much to cover in one. 
Um, but let us know what you did think about what we discussed and send us anything that we didn't discuss that you still want us to talk about. Yes. There's a lot of just sort of fun snippety things that deserve time and attention. So send us those. Thank you so much for listening to episode 188 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Go to our Tumblr, talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. You can also follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Caitlin I.R. Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Lucia, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And then make sure to go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkdirection for a whole bunch of bonus content. Again, as soon as you become a patron, you have years of bonus content to listen to and watch. Um, We did the fic TDDL the other day where we talked about one of my favorite fanfics. Uh, We've been doing innuendos in One Direction's discography, which got way more feministy than I think either of us thought it would. (laughs) Um, And yeah, there's just so much fun stuff over there. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you give us a rating or review, it helps other people come and find the show. You can also just recommend the show to a friend. Um, We're also on SoundCloud, if that is more for you. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 189. Bye. Bye.